Welcome to the LinkedIn Life Podcast, a space where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into what makes life, work, and culture at LinkedIn so special. I'm your host, Kate Rogan, and I can't wait for you to meet some of my amazing colleagues here at LinkedIn, where we're transforming the way the world works on a daily basis. Let's get to it. Today, we get to know Luis Fernandez-Valentin, a technical program manager in Link's Reach Apprenticeship Program. Luis joined the LinkedIn team in 2022 and has worked on programs related to site health and data platform to ensure that LinkedIn's site is up and running for 800 million members. Luis is a first-generation Latino immigrant and a non-traditional student. In addition to his work at LinkedIn, Luis has given a TED Talk about the power of empathy and has also helped break a world record related to a popular dance move. Let's get to know Luis. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the LinkedIn Life podcast. I am so excited to introduce you all to Luis Fernandez-Valentin. Thanks so much for joining us, Luis. Yeah. Hi, Kate. I'm really excited to be here. And hi, everyone, to all the folks that are listening. Yes, yes. I've been so excited to talk to you because you are a member of the Reach Apprentice Program at LinkedIn. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about like, what is the Reach Apprentice Program? So it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love Reach. So the Reach Apprenticeship Program, for those of you who are not aware, is a program that helps either non-traditional or folks that really are just from diverse backgrounds have access to tech-related opportunities within LinkedIn. So we have folks who are engineers, we have people like myself who are TPMs, we have folks who are also um, user experience researchers. So it's like tech and tech adjacent, but the tech opportunities here at LinkedIn within the REACH program are great because it allows folks who generally wouldn't always have the same access by having a traditional like path of schooling uh, to be part of this opportunity. And one thing I like to help provide a little bit of context is where an internship is more maybe campus-based where it's students who are are maybe you know trying to finish a like undergraduate or maybe like a graduate degree apprenticeship is a lot more open because it allows for folks who maybe have went to school and maybe have not went to school maybe are making pivots maybe are self-taught so i think it's great to see that there is a shift from looking at just campus talent to like emerging talent that can be from many different areas right so i think um Within REACH, I'm part of the technical program manager track. Yeah, yeah. And so REACH, and it's been around for several years, but it is like a a pathway program, right? For folks, as you mentioned, from like potentially non-traditional kind of like tech backgrounds as a means of moving into a technical career through like longer term employment, right? Like you're a full-time employee at LinkedIn and the apprenticeship lasts anywhere from like one to five years. And it's like you're embedded into a team at LinkedIn, right? Yeah. The way that the apprenticeship works is that it really meets you where you're at. We are full-time, so it's great. We are embedded within a team. We have managers, we have mentors, right? So it's great to see that there is that investment. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. And you mentioned that you're in the technical program management track. And so I'm wondering, like, can you tell me a little bit about what do you do at LinkedIn as a technical program manager? Yeah. So TPMs, we get stuff done. That's like our slogan. (laughs) That's the tagline. Yeah, that's like our tagline. (laughs) But yeah, so we focus primarily on the execution. How do we think of like uh, stakeholder and like partnership management? So the way that I like to explain it for folks is people probably have heard of product managers, right? That product managers work with engineering teams to really focus on what is the what and why, right? Like what are we building and why are we specifically doing that? 
TPM is more, right, who is part of this process? Like, how are we executing upon this? And then when, right? So what is the timeline and how are we allocating folks and how are we thinking of, like, bandwidth and capacity? So I think both of those together help engineering teams and how they do things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious, like, how did you find the REACH program? How did you learn about, like, this potential pathway towards getting into LinkedIn? Were you always interested in a technical career? Clearly, I have all the questions. So if you have all the answers, that would be great. (laughs) So to take a step back in college, I came in as a psych major, changed to policy, ended up, you know, finally landing on informatics and IT. So I always wanted to be in tech. So I ended up doing a boot camp. And then after boot camps, generally, a lot of the folks will look for apprenticeships. You were looking at multiple apprenticeship programs, right? Like during your time after the boot camp, or it sounds like that's what you were interested in. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about like, why LinkedIn, right? Like what what attracted you to LinkedIn more generally beyond like the reach program specifically? So there's a few aspects of that. I really care about mission, right, and vision. So I think LinkedIn, having been an application and a service and a website that I've used since college, right, I used to actually mentor people on how to create their LinkedIn because I believe that our LinkedIn's are way more dynamic than just a resume that is a one page, but a LinkedIn has the opportunity to become more about our narrative and our story and how do we incorporate that into our professional like journey, right? So for me, when LinkedIn, having that apprenticeship that combines what is my lived identity or like what is my lived experience as someone who's non-traditional, right? They're investing in non-traditional talent. It's an application that I love and that I use every day and being able to give back to help, you know, other folks find their dream career. I think of all of that as what came into how can I ask someone who's used LinkedIn, that's part of a program that's helping invest in my growth, can also give back to make sure that our users, right, almost a billion around the world can be part of the network and have a good experience. You've mentioned like a few times the the aspect of you being sort of like a non-traditional or having a non-traditional background when it comes to tech. Could you talk a little bit more about that and what's important about this transition for you? Yeah, yeah. So I started college in 2011. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. Millennial, right? <laughs> I feel old saying that now. <laughs> Just a fresh-faced millennial out here living life. Yeah. We love that. We yeah. love that. You know, we're thriving, you know, uh-huh. when we can. But I started 2011. But during my college career, I was diagnosed with a disability, and I had to take time off from school. So really, I struggled a lot. And I'm actually still in the process of actually finishing my bachelor's. But for me, it was the ability to have taken time off. In the meantime, I did a lot of political and also like leadership fellowships, to kind of understand is tech where I want to end up and or maybe am I wanting to pursue something else? But I came back to tech just because I was looking at the future of what the world may be. And I thought, how do we leverage these kind of digital tools and and spaces? Right. Especially when COVID happened, because I'm like, I'm bored. I'm using Discord or Slack to stay you know, connected. But what I loved about reach specifically and when I think about being non-traditional, I'm going to talk about the application process. Many times when you apply to a job, you're just, you're submitting your resume, you have an interview, X, Y, Z. With REACH, they actually focus on the essay aspect a lot. Mm -hmm. They focus on what is your story, right? What are you about? I think that focus and that emphasis on, wow, I can actually talk and share about who I am and that's taken into consideration made me feel like I wasn't just a number. There was a sense of 
wanting to understand about a candidate more, right? And I think that meant a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about like, in your experience thus far, like what is one of your favorite LinkedIn traditions or like customs that you've encountered? Yeah, that's really good. So for a little bit of context, I started remote first from February to just to like the end of November, then I moved to SF, which is now where I live. But one of the traditions that I love is like in day. So in day specifically for those who are not aware, one day or one Friday a month, right, there's a specific service day or a way to give back to community, but each of them are very differently themed. So one of the first ones that I went to, I think was around mentorship. And I was able to do a resume review with a local nonprofit to help students. And so it was a great way that LinkedIn provided a channel for me as a person within LinkedIn to give back to the community through local partnerships, right? So it's great to see that like LinkedIn dedicates that specific day and there's different programming each end day. So it's always fresh, but I really have loved that tradition. It's a great way to feel like the work that we do at LinkedIn extends, you know, far past our nine to five every day, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm always so impressed with the in-day teams. Like, so yeah, like one Friday a month, there is a theme, right? And it's, you know, it can be family, it can be environment, it can be play, it can be community, right? And so it's this broad umbrella theme, but then the goal is for folks to sort of like spend time in their communities with their teams or on themselves, right? It's a, it's like a way to reinvest in in the the spaces that we participate in. And I love the coaches events or like the the sort of like LinkedIn profile review events. I feel like it's such a quick tangible way that we're like helping people to understand the power of the platform but then also provide enablement for folks to use the platform in really effective ways, right? And then there's also like fun stuff. There's like art activities that happen. There's community service activities that happen. There are virtual things. There are in-person things. And one thing you said, Kate, that's important is, you know, we're sometimes so busy in the hustle and bustle of our lives that we don't have the opportunity to like invest in ourselves. So I think the fact that LinkedIn provides that and facilitates that, whether it's for our own self or for our community is a great benefit that I think I've learned to love, right? Because when I moved to SF, I'm like, I'm not really plugged into a lot of communities here or nonprofits. So the fact that I can lean on LinkedIn to already have those partnerships has been a really great way for me to learn more, to invest and just like understand the community around me, right? Yeah, yeah. Where were you located before? And how did you how did you move to, to San Francisco? Yeah, so I'm from Jersey, the best state ever. Yeah. So... <laughs> Actually, I was born in Puerto Rico. Your Jersey stand. <laughs> exactly. The okay. best state ever. But I was born in Puerto Rico, moved to New Jersey when I was four. Been there my whole life. Went to like, you uh-huh. know, all schooling there. I'm learning a lot. East Coast and West Coast are different. But I think yeah. because I'm early career, I wanted to be in the office. And I saw that as an investment to myself and a commitment to my team as well. So that's been a really good, uh, yeah, it's been a really good adventure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite like LinkedIn memory? I remember the first time I showed up to the office, like my first time ever Mm -hmm. in SF, right after Thanksgiving, I showed up and it was raining. And I think it just felt like it felt magical, like the campus itself. I'm like walking through and I'm like, wow, people from like all over here or because that was the first time I've ever visited the like typical kind of, you know, Silicon Valley campus and it was great and even though it was raining and pouring and I couldn't say anything when I got to see my friends that I met in reach in person 
I was like, wow, this just made it like, re- I mean, it was real, you know, for me, but it made it like, these are the connections that we've all come f- from all over the country here. So I think that's something that like really sticks out to me. And my other favorite memory was when my recruiter called me to tell me he got the offer. She's like, I love my recruiter. Like we've grown very close since then. She's like my biggest supporter, my best friend. Emily, I love you. If you're hearing this, you're the best. <laughs> when she called me to get the offer, that meant a lot because I'm a first generation Latino. I'm the first person in my family to have a professional corporate role like this. So that moment is always like cemented in my mind as it was the beginning of something that was new. To me, it was a full circle moment. So for folks who may not be aware, you're actually able to put on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn helped me get this job. Uh And I'm like, LinkedIn literally helped me get this job at LinkedIn. (laughs) It's like, I work at LinkedIn. LinkedIn has helped me. But, you know, to that, Kate, what's I think beautiful is that we all get to help be part of that experience. And even for people who aren't don't work at the company, but use LinkedIn as a platform to share opportunities, it's great to see when folks share, hey, here's listings, here's opportunities for scholarships, here's opportunities for, right? Like the platform itself has become a space where people who either work or don't work at LinkedIn can still leverage LinkedIn to impact and get folks hired, right? Or have opportunities to join the global workforce. So that's like a beautiful, like full circle moment. And just seeing that even on my feed, how you'll get certain recommendations from certain creators. I love that. I go on LinkedIn at least once a day, not just because I work here, (laughs) because I like to learn (laughs) just to read what other folks are up to, or I'll share a message of a post and then I'll share it to my friends. So I hope to see the platform continue to grow, not just for a place to share our like achievements, but to have these conversations around, you know, different topics and, and opportunities. So that's been like really great. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like over the past few years I've, and, and maybe it's a result of COVID, you know, like crashing into all of our lives and sort of dropping the facade between like work and home or like work and vulnerability, work and mental health, work and whatever, right? It was just like, all of a sudden, we are doing everything all at the same time in the midst of radical change. But I do feel like there is so much more vulnerability, so much more truth, so much more reality being shared on the platform. Like, want to celebrate people getting new jobs, right? Want to celebrate yeah. people like like leaving organizations, starting businesses, like the the sort of like classic LinkedIn post, like I'm thrilled to share that I'm blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 starting at this job, right? But I have so loved seeing the evolution of the platform over the past several years into a place that feels much more community oriented, right? Much more truthful, much more vulnerable, much more interested in people, as opposed to just roles, right? So I've loved that. One thing you said, Kay, you know, to talk about vulnerability, right? The markets have shifted, right? There's been layoffs that make it difficult for folks. But I've also seen when folks post on LinkedIn saying that they're open to work, I've seen communities come together to rally and say, hey, I have a great person in my network that'd be great for this role, right? So to see that LinkedIn can also be a place, because sometimes there's shame around layoffs that are you know, many times out of our control, but to see that folks are looking for what we call next play, right, here at LinkedIn, but to see folks come together and share resources and opportunities, that's been beautiful as well. So I think also not shying away from the vulnerability of, hey, this may have happened in my life. I'm looking to pivot. I'm looking for a new opportunity. I'm looking for X, Y, Z. LinkedIn has become a place where 
those conversations aren't, you know, shunned upon. It's it's to say, hey, how do we come together to share? So I like really do love that that's a real aspect of how folks are using the platform. And it's great to see that there's been great results with that as well. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Totally agree. OK, we're getting close to like rapid fire questions, but a couple more before we get there. If you could give one piece of advice to someone who's like interested in pursuing a career in your field, what would that piece of advice be? Education and schooling are not always the same thing. There's a person in my cohort, she was a teacher. There's another person in my cohort who was a speech pathologist, right? People can pivot, right? So understanding that education doesn't always necessarily have to happen in one setting. It could be self-paced. It can be through, you know certificates. So if you're someone who's looking to get into tech, whether that's through YouTube tutorials or certifications or boot camps, or maybe going back to school, don't be afraid or don't think that just because you went one path that you cannot make that pivot or change. Is there hard work that needs to be done before, during, and after a role to continue learning? Yeah. Like I'm on that myself, right? Don't think that there's only one path to get one way. I like that, though, because it's so often we start down a path and then it can feel like we've eliminated all of our other options. Right. Or like, this is it. I guess I'm stuck here and I can't get out of this path. And it's like there are so many exits, on ramps, off ramps, like intersections, tangents, like there are so many different pathways. And so it's really great to hear you remind folks that like there is always an opportunity to shift if you are not liking where you're at. I agree. Yeah. What I will say to that, though, is the future of tech is not being defined tomorrow or five or 10 years from now. It's being defined today. And that's why I really do believe that having diverse perspectives, having diverse folks, having diverse like opinions and and quite literally having people in the room that can help make these decisions and and these impacts is important for the future that's being defined today, not tomorrow, not later. So that's one thing I, I always hold true to want to make sure that we have people in in like spaces and rooms that can leverage technology to make an impact in their own community or, or in their own lives. I think you touched on something that's like, that's so critically important, right? Is that like, the idea of having people in the room who influence these decisions, who bring their unique experiences, diverse perspectives, lived experiences, family experiences, community experiences, those are all important ingredients into building the future, right? And it's critical that people are included in the room. And so how do we make sure that we are increasing access to opportunity Um in an equitable manner so that we aren't leaving people out who could make all of this stuff so much better, right? You cannot leave this up to one demographic. You just can't. It's too important. It's too big. It's too big. I very much agree. Our perspectives and our lived experiences many times shape how we view and advocate the world, right? So when we think of product design, when we think of how we sell things, how we frame things, how we build, that can many times be you know, influenced by that. So by having a greater amount of diverse perspectives, we're helping create a space that is more equitable, right? That can create services and applications and experiences that mirror or can at least understand what the world is really like, right? Not just one specific demographic, but one that is inclusive. So I could go on for hours about that, but I do think about that as an important tool. And this is why I love Reach, because it ties into that, right? It's helping to drive that forward, to think about how do we get people from 
traditionally like marginalized or like not represented backgrounds to be part of this, especially at a large tech company like LinkedIn. So it's been, it's been life changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is really important either for your story or for our audience to hear? To the audience listening, I really do believe that there is power in our narratives and our stories, right? When we show up to work, we are not just an employee, right? We bring our hopes, our dreams, our anxieties, our fears. I think it's important that when we think about who we are and who we bring into a workspace, we're also holistically like human, right? So a big part of when I was applying, I talked about how I'm a first-generation Latino, I'm non-traditional, I even gave a TED talk about empathy and I talked about why empathy is really important to how we think and how we connect with people. Like those aspects are are important to who I am, right? Hopefully um, for anybody listening that like, don't be afraid to, to like lean into your narrative story and, and know that there's power in that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. You jumped ahead slightly, but I love it because you're proactive. <laughs> so now we're going to get into rapid fire. You ready? Oh, let's go. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what is a song that you are listening to on repeat right now? Ooh, okay. I've been listening to, I love Renaissance, but like it's Beyonce's, I, honestly, that entire album. I, I just will say that, that entire album. So not just one song, mm-hmm. the entire album. <laughs> all right. Have you made it to a Beyonce show? No, but I'm trying to get a concert ticket for, I think she's coming to the Bay in like a month. So mm-hmm. I need to prepare mentally and physically and, and financially for that. So <laughs> yeah. She's a triple threat, right? Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. literally. I, I have to get my finances in order for April. I mean, yeah. uh, for August and, and September. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, what's something that's not on your LinkedIn profile? I helped break a world record. It was the most people dancing the robot at a conference. Yeah, 2012, I think, or 2013. All right. It was All like right. we had to stand there for 15 minutes doing like this little sidearm thing. It was great. But uh yeah, that's a fun. I, I probably should add that, but I don't because it's a fun yeah. fact. But <laughs> okay. you're like, I keep it in my back pocket. That is yeah, my fun fact yeah. that I share. Because yeah, yeah, at yeah, LinkedIn, yeah. you know, we have that one tradition where we share one thing that's not on our profile. So I keep that off my profile uh-huh. just so I can have that in my back pocket. <laughs> Strategy. Strategy. Mm-hmm. If you could be a first degree connection with anyone on LinkedIn, who would it be and why? Okay, so I'm a Paramore fan, for those of you who don't know. It's like me showing my age, uh-huh. but I love Haley Williams. I would love to be first first of your connection, just because I love her voice. And I love her. Like, Beyonce and Haley Williams are like my two. They're great. I love music, as you can okay. tell. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the worst piece of career or life advice you ever received? It kind of harkens back to what we talked about. Mm-hmm. This idea that like your major will define so much of you. Yes, a major can be a great way to learn skills, but I've seen people pivot. I've seen people make changes. So this is why I made that distinction about schooling and education. Schooling is only one form of learning, right? It's a very like, you know, formalized institution. Education can be self-paced, can be like education is how I learn about who I am and my identities and my skills and my emotional intelligence, right? So I think the worst piece of advice I got was, yeah, your major, be very careful with your major because it will define, I think it's a little bit like outdated. There's a lot of opportunities now to grow out of that. So that's probably the worst piece of advice I've got. <laughs> what is the best piece of career or life advice you ever got? Okay, so I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. There's a quote that Han Solo says, and he's like, never tell me the odds, right? Me and my mentee, he's like my little brother. We talk about this a lot. But when I was applying to the LinkedIn apprenticeship, hundreds 
people applied. And I would have psyched myself out if I didn't. Does that mean that everything that I'll apply to, I will get no? But sometimes we psych ourselves out by thinking we need to have 100% of the skills that are in this, or we need to have this and this. And I we always go back to that. You should know the odds, but they never tell me the odds is be unafraid and apply. Just do it, right? I love that. Never tell me the odds. Who knew? Han Solo, thank you so much. Well, I think that's a great note to end it on. Luis, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your journey with us. And for all of the amazing like tidbits along the way, it was so great getting to know you. Okay, I really appreciate it. I hope to, you know, see folks hopefully join Reach if they're interested. Check out more of the website. It's been amazing. And uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. But uh, again, just want to thank you for your time and and also the opportunity to share my love of Beyonce and uh, Paramore. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> An important, important gap in the marketplace. Love for Beyonce. We need to take a stand here. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Thank you, Louise. Thank you. Bye. See you later. The LinkedIn Life Podcast is a production of LinkedIn Careers. To learn more about life, work, and culture at the world's largest professional network, visit careers.linkedin.com. Mm-hmm.